Welcome to the American Hard Enduro Podcast. Hey, this is Josh Shecker, and you're listening to American Hard Enduro. Welcome to the American Hard Enduro podcast. I'm Drew Kirby. Today I'm joined by Chris Collier of the Saddleback Extreme. Chris, how you doing? I'm doing well, Drew. How are you today? I'm doing good. So I didn't even ask. We chatted a little bit before we hit record. Um, is it officially the Saddleback Extreme or uh, did, I, did I say it correctly? Well, you know, we've had the Saddleback Extreme now for uh, going on three years, but this year it is officially the SEER saddleback extreme to be completely honest all right so is it presented by anyone or i know alien tech was the sponsor last year the title sponsor they were uh this year we have uh we were fortunate enough to be invited by uh derek and gary to be part of the sear series as an official stop on the series so we are officially uh, the Sear Saddleback Extreme and uh, all of the current sponsors of the Sear series, um, you know, would be the sponsors of the Saddleback Extreme. Uh, okay. And I know there's quite a list. I, I don't want to go through and miss anyone, but uh, all of the current sponsors obviously are, are helping us out. All right. Well, cool. Well, very good. Well, I should have done a little homework on that one on my end, but <laughs> so let's get right into it. So this doesn't happen very often, but you actually sent me an outline of things you wanted to talk about and it's in no particular order. So I'm just going to go with the way you did it. And so if everyone has any complaints, just send your email to Chris and uh, you can complain to him or hopefully you'll see him here. And what are we like a week <laughs> and a half away from the race on uh, September 4th, correct? September 4th, that's right. Saturday morning, September 4th, uh, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Okay. So, so for all of our friends coming up from uh, a different time zone, just remember, we are 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're going to try to get our first row out. All right. Well, and, and that's what's interesting is you guys are really far west. I mean, you're almost, what, to Louisville, and which is pretty much right above Nashville. And Nashville, of course, is central time. And most of the guys down in Alabama are central time. So everyone be aware it's going to be eastern time, not central. Good point. Good point. Uh, all right. So I'm just going to go with the order you did this in. So the first thing okay. you, have, you have on your list, and I really like this. So um, as everyone knows, we've got splits at all the SEER races. Gold, silver goes one way. Bronze, iron goes the other. And you guys are using orange Kenda arrows for the main loop and then at the split the gold and the silver riders are going to follow the blue kenda arrows correct you're absolutely correct we uh we were fortunate enough this year uh kenda really uh, helped us out by supplying us uh, two uh, different colored arrows and uh knowing that you know when you're out there in the woods and you're trying to uh navigate everything uh, we're just trying to do the best we can to, to get everyone on the right course and to keep everyone on the right course. So orange Kenda arrows is the everybody, like you said. And then at the splits, uh, the gold silver uh, will follow the blue arrows. All right, very good. So our next point, and, and this one you're going to have to explain a little to me. So in an effort to okay. decrease plastic in the woods, all ravines are arrowed. Stay in the ravine until the arrows take you out. 
Yeah, so, uh, you know, one of the challenges we always have, um, especially uh, at Saddleback, uh, and I'm sure other promoters uh, have this problem as well, is how do we get all the riders into the, uh, in this case, the ravines or through the obstacles um, and try to reduce the amount of just honest, I didn't know where I was going, and the occasional, I think I'm going to go the easy way. Um, you know, I'd love to be able to tape uh, everything off. You know, it, it's funny. A couple of years ago, you remember when Wade Young was at our event. I mean, oh, yeah. he put two rolls of tape on each hip and he wanted to tape off every tree in the place. So uh, it, it worked well. But uh, as a private club and just trying to be better for the future, we're trying to decrease the amount of plastic that we have uh, all through the woods, uh, also to aid cleanup. Back to your original question, the ravines are going to be arrowed and we're going to pull people into the creeks and into the ravines with arrows. We just really want to try to encourage everyone to please, um, once you get into a ravine, stay in the ravine, even if there might be a little bit of an easier, aka cheater line around it. Um, and, and we've made it clear that once you complete that ravine, there will be arrows to pull you out of that ravine. So we just ask everyone to just try their best to uh, uh, to know it's a hard enduro. So the the harder path is probably what we want you on. <laughs> well, good luck is all I'm going to say with that. One. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, uh, you I know, know. It, when, when the bottlenecks start coming and, and the uh, people start losing their mind and we, we've all been there and you just want to get out and get around it as quickly as possible. So hopefully hopefully everyone stays where they're supposed to but you never know unfortunately well and, and you're right and and we also know that it is racing and when there is a bottleneck we don't expect everyone to be 100 riders deep trying to get up a shelf uh go around you know be safe we want everyone to be safe both spectators and um and riders so if there's a bottleneck we understand uh, an alternate line around that but then drop back into the uh into the uh, obstacles okay well and 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 i think back to your point of wanting to a lot of people wanting to ribbon most of it is it seems to be that's the only way to keep people in a certain area that is of course until the ribbon gets torn and then it's a free-for-all unfortunately um and you know we had an sure. issue at T and we had an issue at tko a couple weeks ago where a ribbon got blown on a gravel road of all places and uh, a bunch of people missed a turn and kept going and and we're seen ducking back under the ribbon on the other end of the gravel road, getting back on course, unfortunately. Well, and you also bring up a good point, Drew, is since we are uh, an existing club and as much as I'd like to say 100% of the course is new Virgin Trail, which we'll get to that because a lot of it is uh, with new property that we've well, recently acquired. And I'll bring so, up that's nowhere on your oh, okay. notes, by the way. So, but we'll get to it. I, I hadn't forgotten about it. <laughs> Um, but some of, you know, there are some existing trails um, there. Uh, we're doing our best to tape them off so that people don't get confused because we understand, yeah. you know, someone like you that's going, you know, 45 miles an hour, third gear wide open. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, we, we do have existing trails that we're trying to, to block off. And, and again, just letting all the riders know that um, 
it, we know it gets confusing. We're trying the best we can to make it a good experience for everybody. Well, and that's, I know we ran into that some last year where, you know, we're going up, you kind of sent us up like, a, let's say a little transfer of a Jeep road. And there was single track, like three different times crossing that. So, um, but, but since you brought it up, so you guys have acquired some more property this year or late last year. Um, and most of the course is going to be on that new property, correct? Uh, correct. We recently acquired another 650 acres. Um, the nice thing about the new property is it's, you know, it's nice uh, virgin woods. There's been some access roads over the years, but it's not been logged. It's not been clear cut. Luckily, there's been no fires. So it has been um, a great palette to, 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 to um, create a lot of the new course. We're still going to start uh, as we've done every year in um, uh, the field. So there's plenty of parking, the, you know, uh, facilities are there, as you've seen uh, in years past. But we're quickly going to work everyone through the woods and over to the new property. And, and the whole team has spent just a, a great deal of time and a great deal of bug spray trying <laughs> to get through um, a lot of new a, a lot of new trail and it's just going to be a great event awesome well um have you guys run in any yellow jackets because battle of the goats i think we got into four different yellow jackets nest i saw at least three at tko somehow i didn't get stung i don't know how but i just closed my eyes and tried to go fast y'all have any issues with them well um you know i have seen it seems like every event didn't Jackson Davis, didn't he get into a, Oh, that was a battle. That was a battle of the goats. Yeah. He, he dumped his bike on, it was called little Romaniacs Hill. And there was, there was a rock and there was a, it was somewhere he's trying to do a switchback bike ended up on the rock and there was a yellow jackets nest under the rock. And uh, yeah, he got stung a bunch and finally they calmed down or they got, but they got some wasp spray, got them, down enough he could get his bike off then he ended up running out of gas after that because all his gas <laughs> <went> out so, <laughs> hey that wouldn't have happened if he would have been on a uh slm racing ktm tpi bike he uh his gas all would have stayed in there oh yeah maybe we should what we should have done is uh maybe gotten a bunch of um yellow jackets and shipped them down to texas so he could have practiced with them all year oh, hey I, I feel bad i got stung probably five six eight times in I was sore and itching for days afterwards. So I can't imagine he actually, they came in town after battle of the goats and he looked rough. So I felt sorry for him. Well, he must've bounced back because I saw that uh, he and, and Patsy and Gary are signed up. So they're going to make the trek up here. Uh, oh, they've cool. been coming. Yeah. They've been coming for years. Uh, we love having them there. So um, back to your uh, initial question. Yep. We have not seen any yellow jackets at Saddleback. Okay. Awesome. Well, fingers crossed. I know Jackson would like to hear that. And um, <laughs> well, how, how big is this new property? Like how big is the existing property? And then how big is the new property? So we've uh, right now we're sitting at about 1200, just over 1200 acres total for Saddleback. Uh, okay. Our previous property, let's call it about 600. We've doubled it now. Oh, wow. Cool. So the, the new, yeah, the new property, we've added uh, about 600 acres. Well, and then terrain wise. So, you know, I've ridden there three or four times. It's a lot of really strange, flat, sharp rocks and ravines. Is it very similar? And, you know, obviously some some creeks 
uh, what's the layout or the terrain of that new property? You know, I would say uh, that the new property complements the old as far as elevation changes, um, same uh, ravines and creeks. The biggest difference, Drew, is that since it's so new, um, a lot of the ravines have not been ridden in. Um, okay. So there's, there's going to be moss, there's going to be rock sweating, uh, there's going to be uh, lots of good dirt. Uh, I would just say that uh, it's like a saddleback, a new saddleback that hasn't been ridden in. You know, unfortunately, once you start riding any terrain and then you get rain, it's going to start trying to follow the, the, oh, yeah. uh, the least resistance. The, that's right. And create yep. ruts and whatnot and roots. Uh, but a lot of what we have on the new property, uh, a lot of new cross. Uh, um, cross camber that we put okay. in um, starting to try to build a little shelf for everybody but uh, we did get some good rain last night uh, but it's looking like it's going to be fairly dry through next weekend I can't well, I, promise anything about I the humidity know, that place is one of the slickest places I've ever ridden when it's wet I mean that dirt that that real dark almost black dirt is like ice when it gets packed in you're right. You're right. It uh, anytime there's rain, uh, it sheds well, but somehow it, it it holds pretty good. So it'll stay it'll stay slick. Well, and then, you know, you mentioned a couple of years ago when Wade was there and I think Colton was there. We did some we had that one main like valley and then we did a lot of stuff in that valley up and down some stuff that Wade added and then a big ravine. Yeah. Any of that stuff going to be used or is it uh, kind of all going to be newer stuff? Uh, it's going to be newer stuff. It, okay. um, that area that you talk about, we call it the playground. It's just okay. what uh, the members call it. But uh, really what we've tried to do uh, for two reasons, um, the course designers, uh, Brad Carraway, Chris Evans, the guys that have been out there kind of laying it out, they've been excited to get to the new property and find new nooks and crannies and new challenges for themselves uh, <laughs> riding daily. Yep. But it also, in turn, um, has encouraged them to lay out um, Saddleback Extreme to really take advantage of, of new stuff and, and to keep people excited. All right. Well, I am excited, but I don't think I'm going to make it, unfortunately, because of a wedding. But you never know. Something might change. All right. So we're going on to your next point here, which it makes no sense in this order. But I'm just I'm going with what you did. So. The next point is moose versus tubeless. And it's actually a, a good thing to bring up because I was on the SEER Facebook page earlier and a guy was, I think, wanting to try his first hard enduro or he just had a question about trying tubeless um, and what tire would be good with tubeless and how that would work at Saddleback. So I'm going to let you go first and then I'm going to give you my opinion. Okay. So um, we, Saddleback has a lot of rock and mm -hmm. we're proud of it it's a good challenge but it also uh can eat tires pretty good yep um i in no way consider myself um an aficionado when it comes to uh riding but i do consider myself a sucker when it comes to buying tires and i love <laughs> you, them <laughs> you know, say, you've, been, you've been through a few i have i have um right now um, I think for anybody 
wanting to get out and try their first hard enduro, don't let the fact of not having a moose or not having, you know, a gummy tire still get out and try it. I mean, it's a great way. Uh, that's what the iron class is for. Yep. Um, you're going to get out there. You're still going to have challenges. Um, I don't want anyone to feel like, oh, I don't have the equipment. I don't have what all the pros are running, so I'm not going to try it. I would encourage everyone to get out there because, you know, it's fun. Now, for those like yourself and others that are trying to really optimize bike setup, um, we've really been getting some good feedback from the guys running moose instead of tubeless. Um, and a lot of it is because uh, of the rocks. Um, I don't care how good a rider you are. Um, the rocks have sharp edges. And uh, so that, that's kind of my take on that. If anyone's trying to, to, to get a suggestion from uh, us locals, um, in a conversation the other day, we were talking about, we might want to encourage people to try a moose instead of tubeless, just so they get a, a longer day ahead of them. Well, and that's what I've, I think I've raced there twice. I've ridden there once and maybe I've raced there three times, but every time I've ridden there on tubeless, I've got a flat tire. Um, and, and my go-to just full transparency is, you know, we're, we're supported by Kenda. So I'll run all the different Kenda tires and my, my setup with really slick and really gnarly is the Ibex with tubeless. And then that way, if it okay. gets super bad, you can just let all the air out. But every time I've run that there, I've gotten a flat tire. Uh, one year, I think I stopped after a lap and changed to a different tire. Um, I think I might've gotten a flat tire in that one as well. Um, because there's a lot of ledges and in those ledges, there's some sharp rocks and you have to hit them, you know, pretty hard. Um, so I, I would, you know, I normally don't have any issues with the Ibex and tubeless, um, normal riding conditions, but it seems like Saddleback is pretty hard on tires that don't have a moose in them, trying to keep air in them anyway. Well, and I think, you know, I think, uh, you bring up a good point. Ibex is a great, great all around, uh, and I'm just going to talk about it since you brought it up, but the Ibex, I think, is a great all around gummy tire. It's got a fairly thick carcass to it, so yep. when you're running, running tubeless, you can air down to get the squat that you need, get the traction you need, but you're not going to worry about running over a stick or running over a rock and splitting it, whereas some of the other more specialized tires have a thinner carcass. Um, yep. And again, uh, I've, I seem to always get a front flat every time I ride at uh, Saddleback. I've been really? fortunate that I, I do. Yeah. Oh, wow. I, and I've, how much, how much air were you running? Do you remember? Or were you paying attention? Well, I was running a front tubeless and I like to be around seven pounds in the oh, front okay. just, but when you start you know, banging those rocks in the creeks and thinking you're Nick Faringer or something like that. It just <laughs> blows them out, you know? So I went to a front moose just so I didn't have to end my day early and I've loved it. Have you? Um, okay. I've never tried a front moose. Yeah. It now, again, uh, it takes some getting used to the, a little bit more of a dead feeling, um, with I the front imagine. of the bike, but, uh, compared to going back and, and, to the van at 95 degrees with all your gear on trying to put on a new tire uh, i'm up for it <laughs> yeah absolutely and, uh, I, I, absolutely and then i'm switching to a rear moose now too because yep. um 
you know, I fall down a lot. So, um, I mean, the reason I fall down is that I hit rocks and the hit rocks are splitting tires. Interesting. Well, so I, I think that's a fair assessment that, you know, if you, if you've got a moose and, you know, that's my, been my biggest hold up against mooses is finding one that's soft enough. Um, cause you got to break them in or drill them out and they're expensive. Um, and they can be hard to mount. Now, most, you know, if your <laughs> rear moose is hard to mount and it's a hard enduro moose, it's probably too stiff. I'll just be honest. Sure. So, sure. But all right, I've just, keep... uh, I've one, one last thing on that. Yep. Um, I heard, um, a couple of our local guys, I think Brad Carraway and Chris Evans both ran that new X grip moose, the super mm -hmm. soft extreme down at yep. TKO. And they just, they, they said it was like black magic. They said it was really? awesome. Well, is that the yeah. one that uh, Hard Enduro Outfitters, Mitch Carvoff, yes. had? Okay, yes. it was. They're, they're yes. a little pricier. I think Mitch said they were like 150 bucks, but all the other ones are going up. And if you could buy a moose and put it in a tire straight out of the box and not have to break it in and spend time for those of us that don't have time to break them in, that's that may be worth the money. You know, it's just a little extra. Um, yeah, and I, I think have to that. Try one. Uh, I think that you taught me a couple of years ago and I started doing it, uh, you know, drilling out a moose to get it soft in the back. You know, like you said, that's you buy a brand new moose and then you go and Swiss cheese it. And then all oh, that yeah. time, maybe, maybe it's worth the uh, trying that that hard and grow outfitters. Yep. Very good. So, all right. So as with all seer races, there's going to be splits, yes. kind of like we talked about earlier with the orange arrows and the blue areas. Oh, excuse me. Arrows. Um, you guys are having a few more splits, I believe, than most races. You've got five total splits, correct? Uh, that's correct. We're doing uh, five total splits, three of which will be actual um, scoring checkpoints. Okay. Uh, in, yeah, on course. All right. So they'll actually be, you'll be able to get four checks total. So you'll have the finish line and then three checks in the woods. Is that accurate? That's correct. Okay, that's, that's correct. what. Because I, I there was some confusion with me at um, Battle of the Goats. I thought there was only four checkpoints, and one of them was the finish line. Well, it turns out there was four checkpoints in the woods, and the finish line. Um, so that that's good to know. You know, when you're out there trying to get to that next spot, you know, hey, I might have a checkpoint close to keep pushing. Um, and I guess the other thing we haven't even talked about: how long is the course? Do we know uh, the course? So, uh, two answers to that. It's a 13-mile <laughs> loop. Okay. And it's a three-hour race. Okay. And, and that's that was... why I say there's distance and time. So, we've got a uh, 13-mile loop, okay. three checkpoints. Let's call it four checkpoints. So, start lap counts as one. Yep. And we are following the uh, SEER format okay. uh, of class start as well as it's a three-hour race. You try to make as many checkpoints as you want, and you will be scored on completed checkpoints. All right. And then, so you said sear, it's going to be the mass dead engine start, gold, uh, silver, silver, bronze, bronze, and iron, correct? That's correct, yes. Okay. All right. Um, I, I, you know, and, and I think I've said it before, I understand why they do the mass starts, but I still don't like them. <laughs> And I, I know, and again, I understand why they do it with scoring. It makes life so much easier, but um, where you guys, I think we talked about it, you know, normally you line everyone up kind of next to that barn and head yes. straight down the field. Is that where you guys are going to do it this year? 
Well, we have, um, we've moved it a little bit. It's still going to okay. be in that general area, but a little farther back in the field where um, most people used to park and camp. Okay. We are actually doing a start from there uh, oh, cool. because we used to do a three row, one minute interval wave start. Uh, yep. We could manage that between the woods and pit area. Um, being that uh, seer and talking to them, uh, and them uh, asking that we follow their format, but also trying to be as safe as we can. And that is a concern of all of ours is to be as safe as we can. Absolutely. Since we're going to do a mass start, we've moved it out into the field so that we can move people, uh, uh, funnel them down, if you will, into uh, some uh, what's called our GP track. It's just a, a, a narrower cross country track and into the woods, hopefully trying to reduce that, you know, 25, 30 people all trying to shoot into a single track in a matter of 100 yards. All right. Well, and then my other question after one yeah. incident we had last year, what, what are we going to do on that enduro cross track for the start? We, we going to go straight into it wide open or what's the plan? No, uh, again, uh, after talking to uh, the guys over at SEER and, and discussing you know, just some of the uh, characteristics of the property, but also wanting to challenge people, uh, we have decided that the most responsible thing for us to do uh, with a mass start is we are going to bypass the Enduro Cross on the first lap. Okay. Uh, again, trying, you know, again, we're all standing there at the line getting ready to start. That's when all the adrenaline's running. That's just everyone's trying to find uh, their position and get their legs for the race. Mm -hmm. We're actually going to incorporate the Enduro Cross at the end of the first lap instead of the beginning of the first lap. Uh, okay. And that's uh, it, just to be safe uh, for yeah. everyone. Get, get everyone into the woods. It's one thing to fall off your bike on a hill climb, but uh, we don't want anyone to get seriously injured um, and end their day before it starts. Well, and, and you weren't at Battle of the Goats and we do like enduro style starts, five riders on a row, you know, a minute apart and we go straight into the enduro cross. And, you know, if you get through it clean, mm -hmm. it's all right. But, you know, you go to put your foot down on a log or, or, or anything and here comes the guy next to you about to run your leg over. And it's, and that's just with five of us. So I can't sure. imagine sending, you know, sometimes the gold line had 25, 30 people on it. So I, th I think that's a, a good call without a doubt. Yeah. I mean, um, for everyone that, you know, your reward for making a lap is you get to go into the Enduro cross <laughs> and, uh, it, you know, it is a, it can be a fun, um, you know, obstacle. Um, one of our members has kind of taken that on as his pet project for the year. He's done a really great job of um, a combination of construction tires as well as uh, uh, log crossings, log matrix, you know, the standard uh, uh, items you'd have in that. So we're excited for people to see that uh, on the beginning of their second lap into the first lap, however you want to call it. Well, very good. Well, and I know, so last year, I don't know if hopefully everyone's seen the pictures, uh, how there was a guy who hit the first, there was two tires, two big tires standing up, or two sets of tires. He hit the first one, got a little out of control. Then he hit the second one, and I mean, I think he was leaning back in whiskey, and I mean, he went to the moon. Um, and I know he ended up having some pretty serious injuries. Patsy Davis got a, a gnarly sequence of it. How, how did he end up faring after all that? 
so unfortunately, he was an out-of-town rider that was in. Uh, he did get a little off balance, off the pegs, uh, as you just said, off the first set. Um, I think uh, grabbed a little bit too much of the fun hand for the second um, and didn't let go of his bike, which, you know, it, it, it was a scary situation. It ended up um, serious enough. I mean, the gentleman did, uh, I believe, broke his arm um you know kind of smacked his head uh pretty good and, and uh but it could have been much worse and it, it really was a reminder of how quickly things can go from fun to, to really serious and, and again we want everyone to be safe and we try to learn from what's happened in the past and uh that was another um pretty big decision in skipping the uh, enduro cross right off the bat. Um, it's something that uh, I know Sear takes seriously of wanting to keep everyone safe. Um, it's inherently already a uh, dangerous sport as I well know. And, um, <laughs> and uh, he's doing well. He actually contacted me. Um, he asked about how the course was going to be, and he may even come back out uh, this year and give it a shot. Well, very good. Uh, that's great to hear that he's still willing to come do it. And um, I, I know at Battle of the Goats, like I said, there was a, a tire, two sets of tires similar to what you guys had, but a little closer together. And the top yeah. guys were jumping them. And I wanted Oof. no part of that. I mean, it was not, Nick Ferringer didn't even jump them. He's like, listen, I don't, I don't, I don't jump. I'm a hard enduro rider. No, he, <laughs> right. He was one of the guys. Um, well, Chris, I think that's it. The only thing left down here is you've got volunteers and you got some people, uh, and, you know, you've mentioned several of them throughout. Anyone, anyone else you need to thank and, and tell us who's been involved and help put this together? Well, I just want to say that uh, we wanted to, to thank the SEER series again for wanting to include uh, Saddleback uh, as one of their stops this year. Uh, we're always proud to try to put on the best event we can, uh, try to make people be as challenged as they can, but still want to come back. Um, Gary... Bar uh, was one of, uh, he came out to our first hard enduro that we put on years ago. And it's funny when you think of back, back a few years about what we thought were obstacles back then <laughs> compared to where we are today. It's oh. just, uh, it's a testament to see how the, the sport is growing. Um, yeah. I, I really feel like the level of riders is increasing. Uh, American Harden. Yeah, American Hard Enduro has done a great job of, of getting this sport out in front of people. And I think uh, I'm not overstepping by saying that was your intention. You and Will uh, and Blake just wanted to, you just wanted to better the sport. You wanted it to become something um, here in the U.S. So thank you for all that you guys are doing. Well, we, we've tried and it, it's back to what you said about the riders. I mean, it's, it's not only the top guys that have gotten better. Like everyone has gotten better. I mean, it, it's just, it's crazy how many people have kind of made the switch over to hard enduro and, you know, Hey, you get the right setup, you know, you take a fast guy or, or even a trials guy, give them the right setup bike wise and give them a little bit of time and they're hooked and they love it and they just want to get better. And there's a ton of them out there. I mean, you can just see it with all the seer races growing. Um, and it's been cool. So then one other thing we wanted to talk about was <clears throat> what the SEER race is doing or the SEER series is doing. Uh, the overall winner is getting a, uh, an entry into the 2022 Erzberg rodeo. Is that correct? Yes, they are. And, uh, and I was going to ask you, cause I know that there's been, you know, some, 
uh, jockeying for position, but how is the ranking going right now for the Seer? Do you know? Yeah, so I looked at results, and it's a little hard to tell because they've got um, a drop round that they're going to add in at the end of the series. Um, okay. So right now, technically, Quinn Winslow's leading. Um, oh, okay. But he's got a nine-point lead over Ryder LeBlonde, and Ryder has won every race he's been to. But he had to miss the River Monster GPS race. Um, I think he was doing Donner in California, one of the AMA West extreme races. So uh, Ryder's only down by nine points, but he's going to be able to drop that zero. Um, I'm pretty sure he's coming to the last two races. Um, so we've got y'all's race September 4th, Saddleback Extreme. And then the final race of the series will be back at the Trials Train Center. Uh, September 25th, and that's the cliffhanger, and I'm looking forward yeah. to that. Um, I've said it privately. I might have said it publicly, but a lot of the stuff we were riding at TKO is the stuff we've ridden for years. Um, Jeep roads, just, I mean, uh, up the mountain, around the mountain, and the whole time I was finishing my TKO race, TKO one on Sunday, I knew I wasn't going on to TKO two, and I was like, man, the Sear course was so much better than what we're doing at TKO. Um, and I understand they don't have time to do it that much, but I think they could benefit from getting with some of the Sear guys and maybe incorporating some of their trails. And And I know they're actually, they were out there this past weekend working on new stuff. So I'm, I'm super excited and encourage everyone, Hey, it, it, make it out to Saddleback extreme and uh, then come to the finale down at TTC September 25th. Yeah. My, uh, my first, you know, one of the goals I'd set forth, for myself at my young 53 years old was I was going to try and I wanted to try hard enduro and you know I kept my goals realistic I'd like to complete one lap and uh I met up with you and a bunch of other guys down at bootlegger which is I think on the that's the Donner property right on the back of TTC. It's, the, it's the Keener property so it's on past Keener. uh yep Keener it's on and we actually rode some of the Keener property in TKO if you're looking up the mountain it's all the way to the right. Um, yeah, and, and I, again, I had a blast. And, and that that kind of area, it was just a oh, really nice event. It, it was like, it's a lot of old growth forest, a lot of similar uh, features to TKO and TTC terrain. Rocks, creeks, ravines, hills. Um, and man, yeah. they just went in and put in a lot of fresh stuff. And it was, uh, it's just good trail. Um, and, and all the stuff that we rode for TKO on uh, Saturday morning and Saturday afternoon, the stuff we did on the Keener property, Will came sure. back in. Will had, he didn't get pre-qualified because he didn't do many of the races. And he was like, yeah, it was a 20 mile course. He said, there's supposed to be seven miles of new trail. And I'm like, well, how was it? What was it? He said, it was Jeep roads. I've never even ridden before just a lot. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. And sure enough, um, they used a little bit of the Sear single track connector stuff but it, it just not much. And so I'm really looking forward to, like I said, unfortunately I'm going to miss Saddleback, but looking forward to the cliffhanger for the finale. And last year, you know, everyone camped at TTC and uh, I think they did year end awards, um, gave out some stuff and, and had some swag for everyone. So it uh, should be a good time here and uh, right out a month away. Great. But great. So but go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just going to say, um, I know that uh, the hard enduro is starting to wind down, but there's still a handful more of events. And I hope everyone uh, continues to be excited and come out and, uh, you know, 
I'd really like to see everyone out at Saddleback Extreme, yourself included. I know you've got some uh, scheduling conflicts. Yeah, I'm working on it. And, and like you just said, and it, I, I, I was bummed after TKO because that kind of ended, you know, a big run of races. And then we're down to two events, like literally Saddleback Extreme and the Cliffhanger on the East sure. Coast and maybe in the country. I, and there's probably a race I'm missing, but those are the only two hard Enduros that are left. Um, this year for 2021 and we're in august like we're we're just barely over half a little you know a couple of months over halfway through the year it's just uh, it's kind of a bummer but i guess it's time to uh you know wrap it up and and start training and uh for next year so and and start figuring out what bikes we're gonna ride have you uh you've got a new toy chris have you you got it built yet you had any chance to get on it yet um I do. I was fortunate enough to get a, uh, a new toy. And while I have been out uh, with a broken collarbone, I have had time to go out in the garage and play with a, a new Husqvarna TE 300i. Okay. Um, I'm hoping to get released uh, to get back to riding. My, uh, my uh, collarbone's doing well. It's mending back together, and I hope to be out on it probably in the next couple of weeks. So I'm really excited about it, uh, um, and it's given me, you know, something to do uh, while I have been off. Uh, still stay connected a little bit. Well, did you did you get a 22 or was it a 21? You got. Um, I'm coming off of a 20, and I uh, now have a 22. So okay. yeah, I just. Uh, it was a little hard to grab a 22, you know, the oh. um, supply has been touch and go, um, oh, absolutely. but I, I was fortunate enough to get a 22 and uh, it's a beautiful bike. It's a well, beautiful it, bike. Any differences? So it's the T300i. Any differences between your 20 and your 22 that stick out to you? Uh, the biggest difference is they, the color scheme. I mean, they went to a gray frame. They went to a gray seat. Um, okay. Oh, really? So real, I would say it's, it's relatively the same bike. Although one thing I found interesting the other day is they went to a 52 rear sprocket and normally they come with a 50. 50. Yeah. What's on the front? Is it a 13? 13 still. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Um, and, and I really didn't pay much attention to it. Although I was looking at my power valve, which I usually, you know, as most people back it out flush to the case. Mm-hmm. And it was really, um, it was really far in. And I don't know if that is in combination with the 52, something that they did. Some people said some of the new bikes are coming with 50, some are coming with 52, but there was no clear answer as to why that was. Well, and from what I understand, I don't know anything about the 52, but I, I would like that because I switched to a 52 to get first gear a little lower and, and make second gear a little more usable, bring it lower as well. Um, but my, I normally don't mess with the power valve and supposedly with TPIs, you're not supposed to mess with them and they, they set them in on it. They're supposed to have it hooked to a computer and then they adjust the power valve so that it opens at a certain RPM range um, yeah. based on a computer from the factory. Now, of course, you know, people have been playing with them. Um, but I haven't, mine screwed pretty far in on my favorite bike of my two. And it, uh, I haven't had an issue with it. I adjusted it on the one I was having issues with, but, um, so, um, I want to give it a yeah, try th- before you back it out. I mean, it, it can't Yeah, hurt. that's, that's a good point. And, you know, with, uh, still the, with the TPIs being a, a pretty new, um, 
I'm not going to say new technology, but at least in the KTM and the Husqvarna's, you know, so many people are idle screw this, airflow this, ECU yep. this. I mean, there's just a lot of uh, little nuances that people are trying to play with. Um, but as they become more and more um, mainstream, uh, yep. I love it. I love the TPI bike. I, I do too. Um, like I said, I had the issue with the one. One of them was perfect. So I'd say ride it before, before anyone out there, just ride one before you start going crazy with internet solutions for, they don't even <laughs> right. have a problem you need to fix. Like I said, one of mine did, one of mine didn't. But, um, well, Chris, let's wrap this up. I appreciate your time. Looking forward to Saddleback Extreme. I, everyone, if you can get out, check it out. Um, I'm bummed all this new property. I'm, I'm doing everything I can to get out of this wedding, but I don't know if it'll work or not. So um hopefully we'll, we'll see I'm, you there and uh, i can't wait to hear all about it if i'm not able to make it thanks drew i appreciate the call and giving us an opportunity to kind of let everyone know what we've been doing and encourage everyone to come out uh, i think it'll be a great time and uh, hope to see everybody out there all right chris thanks for your time no problem thanks drew